Welcome to the Calvary Podcast. Get ready to dive into an inspiring message. Our aim is to share teachings that bring transformation and hope to your life. So, open your heart, be ready to listen, and prepare for a powerful encounter with the Word. Let's get started. Hebrews chapter 12. I want to give a little introductory work on this. I'm going to share a message with us a couple of Sundays here uh, during the month of December. I was praying this week, and, and, uh, and I had a series that I was ready to go ready to go, been praying, of course, about what I'm sharing and preaching, and, and I had this whole uh, direction that, that I wanted to go in for uh, this month, and the Holy Spirit said, let's take a turn here. I said, yes, sir. And so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to share a series of messages with you called Finish Strong. Finish Strong. And here's what I sense the Holy Spirit saying. I want you to hear this. This is what the Holy Spirit's saying. God's not through with you this year. God's not through with you this year. Sometimes we get to December and we think, well, you know, the next thing God's going to do is in January. You know, it's a new year, a new thing. Can I want to tell you something. Don't go to sleep on what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life right now. I believe God is going to show up in your home, in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, in your work, in your life. I just sense the Holy Spirit saying, I want to remind my church. I want to remind my people, I'm not done yet. I'm not through yet. You know what? Some of you have already started packing it in and saying, well, I thought it would happen this year. Well, last time I checked, this is December 3rd. It's not December, what, 30 days? That's September, April, okay. It's not, it's, I'm trying to say, how many days? 30 or 31 in December? Thank you. I was a divided house on that, 31. So what I'm saying and what I believe the Holy Spirit is saying Don't pack it in today. Don't give up on God today. And in a broader sense in your life, you may have been waiting on something a long time. God's not through with you. God's going to do what he said. God is going to show up on his time. Not my time. But he's going to do what he said. So how many are ready to believe that God just may not be finished with you this year? So he wants us to finish strong. So, so let's look at some things. That how, how do we see this in Scripture? I, I want to say this. How we exit one season will determine how we enter the next season in our life. If I'm believing for 2024 to be a great year, I need to finish 2023 the right way. If I want the next season of my life to be prosperous and effective and godly, then I need to know that I'm finishing the one I'm in the right way. All right, so we need to see that. I want to give you some encouragement and strength to recognize that, some discernment. Now, how do, how do we see this? Frequently in Scripture, it's interesting to me, that the Bible illustrates our, our journey of faith by using the analogy of a race, of a race. That's a common term, particularly in the New Testament. When God is speaking to us and trying to give us a picture of what our walk with him is like, our journey with him is like, he refers to a foot race, a race. And so understanding that and and looking at that, you you understand if you don't finish the race, you don't get the prize. Okay, you got to finish the race to get the prize. So the Bible uses that analogy. We're talking about finishing strong. Now, let's look at Hebrews 12. And I want to read the first three verses. I want to read this. We're going to come back to it. But I want to start here and and give us some context. So Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, what do we do? Let us throw off everything that hinders. These are things that will stop you from finishing. Let us throw off everything that hinders 
and the sin. Do you know that, that even in 2023, we still need to tell people quit sinning? That went over well. I thought it would. Do you know we're still not supposed to sin? Do you know Christians quit sinning? You need to read Romans 6. It says, you know, we're not going to sin just so the grace of God can abound. We're new people. How many are thankful you don't have to sin? Let's at least get there. All right. So he says there's some things that will stop me from finishing. Okay? There's some things that will trip me up if I'm trying to get somewhere in my life. So he says, let us throw off uh, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Here it is. And let us run. See, it's a race. Let us run with perseverance. The race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so we, this is, I'm going to come back to that. But we, we, we have a, a, a difficulty, I think, in studying our Bible and, and seeing the big picture because we read our Bible uh, chopped up in chapters and verses. And sometimes we fail to see the overall picture there. You follow me? We become so compartmentalized. Now, chapter and verse is good. It helps you find a place in your Bible. It helps you maybe memorize and, and track along and, and follow a Bible reading plan. Those are all great things. But sometimes that chapter and verse approach causes us to separate segments of Scripture that are really telling part of the same story. You with me? We, we miss the greater context. So look back at the first word in Hebrews 12.1. What is that word? Therefore, he's referring to something that he's been talking about before this moment. So Hebrews 12 can't really be understood by itself. We need to back up and see what's happening here. Are you with me? So I want you to back up. Let's look at, at, at Hebrews 10 and verse 35. This is really where this whole push into Hebrews 11 and Hebrew 12, Hebrews 12 starts. Paul was writing to some believers who were being persecuted. He was writing to some Christians that needed some encouragement. Anybody here ever needed some encouragement? Anybody ever had some folks around you that were discouraging? Okay, I didn't say point, I just asked a question. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's not point. Anybody have somebody uh, that lives in your house that may not encourage you? Just, just say a quiet amen. Okay. Anybody go to work with some folks that may not encourage your faith? Anybody you go to with family reunions that may not encourage your faith? Okay. So, so this is who, who, who is writing to. And they had this opposition persecution on a deep level. And what was he encouraging them to do? Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 35, he says, so do not throw away your confidence. He says, okay, he said, you, you started well. You're facing some problems. But he says, do not throw away your confidence. Look at this. It will be, not might be, it will be richly rewarded. Verse 36, you need to persevere. Okay? You need to stay in the race. It might get long. Stay in the race. The devil never wins unless you drop out. 
stay in the race. Are you with me? You need to persevere. Why? So that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Okay? For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come. Hallelujah. And will not delay. Verse 38. Watch this. But my righteous one will live by faith. Okay? That's the intro into that Hebrews 11, this faith chapter. My righteous one will live by faith. Watch this. And if he, if she shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. Okay, so don't quit. Persevere. Stay in the race. Verse 39. But we are not of those. Come on. Who's, who's, we are those, right? We are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. You see that? So he's, he's telling them. Watch this. He's saying, okay, you're facing some real challenges. I get it. God gets it. He understands. He knows where you are. You don't have to play a game with God. You don't have to put on a happy face. You don't have to fake it till you make it. You know, you can say, God, I'm hurting today. You can say, God, I'm tired today. Are you with me? You don't have to wake up when you feel like your world fell apart and get out of bed and glory to God. Hallelujah. God's good. You can say, I feel like I can't hardly see today. You can get up in the morning and say, I feel so low, I got to pull my socks down to see how to walk around today. God's okay with that. Are you with me? He understands that. He knows that. And that's why he's saying to them, guys, I know where you are. Church, God knows where you are today. He knows everything you're dealing with today. And what he's saying is this. He says, I'm not through with you. It's not over. I need you to hang in there. I need you to persevere. I need you to stay in the race. I'm going to give you what I promised. The reward is going to come your way. Don't shrink back. Don't give up. Stay in this thing. What word did he say? He said, I need you to understand you've got to walk by faith sometimes. You've got to run by faith in this race. And then we go into chapter 11, this whole chapter about men and women of faith. I love chapter 11 of Hebrews. Some people call it the hall of fame of faith. So he's encouraging, come on, stay in there. Live by faith. Walk by faith. Hang on. Trust God. And then he said, let me give you some examples of those who did it. And as I was reading through that again this week and thinking about this finishing strong in the race, I began to realize every single one he mentioned was someone who had to finish when it wasn't always easy. You know what, you know what we find in Hebrews 11? It's an entire list of faith finishers. It's an entire list of men and women who've been in your shoes, been in your place, faced what you're facing, but decided, I'm not giving up. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to put one more foot in front of the other. I'm going to give God one more chance. I believe you can do it. So he says, come on, don't quit. Don't give up. Persevere. Here's a whole chapter of people who did that. Are you with me? And then, what do we do? He, he says, now you can understand Hebrews chapter 12. Let me give you just a little sidelight, a little highlight here. Uh, Galatians is a book about not giving up. Let, let me show you this. Maybe you can relate to this before we, we open up Hebrews 12. Go to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 2. Turn over there with me. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 2. I want you to see the analogy that the Holy Spirit's chosen to help us understand about this race. Galatians 3, verse 2. Watch this. See, this, this started early on in the church. Satan's plans have not changed. How many heard what I said? His strategy is the same old strategy. Here we are in the first uh, century of the church, 
And look what we're seeing. Galatians 3 and verse 2. He says, I would like to learn just one thing from you. Look at this. This is so rich. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Look at verse 3. Are you so foolish? After beginning, after starting, after getting in a race with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? He said, you got to stay in this race. Look at verse 5. Does, uh, uh, all right, oh, verse 4, pardon me. Verse 4. Have you suffered so much for nothing? If it really was for nothing, you know what he said? He said, man, you've been running this race. You've been paying a price. Come on, every once in a while, I think about some of these prayers I've been praying a long time. You ever had those days you get discouraged because it hasn't been answered? Been praying and praying. They never want, then you know what I decided? I said, you know what? I got way too much invested in this to walk off from it now. You know, it, I say, you know, devil, you may be stubborn, but, but I'm just as stubborn as you are. And my God's bigger than you are. And you know what? I've, I've invested years of prayer in some things. Anybody prayed for years about something? Well, let's not give up on it now. Let's not walk off on it now. And let's not try to do it in our human ability. Let's stay in the spirit. Are you with me? He says, have you suffered so much just to walk off? No. So look what he says, verse 5. Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you just observe the law or because you believe what you heard? See that? Stay in it. Come on. Look at chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. We'll go back in Hebrews. Chapter 5, look at verses 7 and 8. Look at this. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you? Wow. See this thing he says, we, we, we need to pay attention. We need to finish. He says, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. So we need to run this race. Come on, somebody say amen to that. We need to do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. When you get tired, maybe you're trying to do it instead of allowing God to do it. When we get ready to give up, it may be because we're carrying God's into this thing. We need to put that back in His hands and allow His grace to keep us. So let's look at Hebrews 12, understanding that now. I kind of took you on a route, but you see it. You see the race. You see the context. We see that Paul is saying to the Hebrews, he says, don't give up. Then he gives him Hebrews 11. says, look at all of these men and women of faith. Look at all the things God did with them. Now we're back to chapter 12 of Hebrews. He says, therefore, after all I've just told you, after all these examples of men and women who finished their race, he says, this is what I want you to do. You're with me, Calvary? This is what I want you to do. So let's look at Hebrews 12, and, and let's, let's begin in verse 1 again. Let's look at this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let's look at this for a minute. So therefore, in light of everything we've just said, in light of everything I just told you, scripture we read, he says, this is how you live your life. This is how you finish strong. Listen to me. This is how you live your life in December, 2023. You, you say, what am I supposed to do? Here it is right here. Aren't you thankful he's an on-time God? Aren't you thankful he's right here right now? We're not studying some dead history lesson. This is information about how to navigate the next four weeks of your life. I'm going to follow it. I'm going to just see what God will do. So he says, therefore, what is the first thing he says? Look at this. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Who are the witnesses? Hebrews 11. The testimony of all these men and women. Can I give you some help today? This word surrounded means you are literally in a circle of these people. 
right now as you're running your race, I want you to think of this. This entire circle of people in Hebrews 11 are running that race right, right along beside you. They're right there with you. They're cheering you on. They're saying, remember what God did for me. Remember what God said. I, I love the fact that they circle us right now. I want you to think about this room we're in. We can't see them. Come on. We can't see them. But right now, all around us, we're encircled by the testimony of all these men and women of God. Come you say, well, what are they saying? Read Hebrews 11. You can hear what they're saying. The dead don't speak to the living unless God writes their words down. And so right now, what you need to do, the first thing I want you to do as you start living December 2023, you need to get Hebrews 11 out and you need to start walking around your house. Lord, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It was faith that the ancients were commended for. I'll drop down to verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those who please Him must believe that He is and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. By faith, Abel gave a better offering than Cable. By faith, Abraham left the place he knew and went to a place he didn't know. By faith, Moses said, I'd rather suffer with the people of God than enjoy the luxury of the house of Pharaoh. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. And just read it. And I'm just, and it's almost like I'm, I'm right in the midst of that circle of these mighty men and women of God. And their words are saying, come on, put one more foot on that ground. Come on, get up out of bed one more time. Come on, believe it one more time. We're surrounded. When I thought of that word surrounded, I was reminded of Elisha and his servant. And his servant gets up out of the tent one morning and he wipes the sleep out of his eyes and he yawns and he stretches and he looks around. He said, oh, dear God. This army of Syria have surrounded me. They're totally around me. I told Elisha he needs to keep his mouth shut and quit prophesying about these ungodly kings. And now it's caught up with us. And he runs back in the tent and he said, Elisha, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. We're in trouble. The enemy has surrounded us. And Elisha yawned and stretched and said, Lord, help that boy see something. And he went back out and looked one more time. And there were the chariots of fire and the angels of fire that were surrounding those that were surrounding them. Come on. And this is what Elisha said. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And I want you to know on this Sunday of December 2023, there are more surrounding us on our journey as we walk through this year than there are those on the other side. If God be for us, who can be against us? We can finish the race. My, my. I'm thankful for my crowd. What about you? I like my company. You're not alone. You're not alone for a minute. You've got the greatest company that anyone has ever been in. You're literally in the presence of the prophets and the priests and the men and women of God. They are walking with you on this journey. You're surrounded by them right now. And he says, when you get that, I can't preach that long on every half sentence. We're surrounded by these witnesses. He says, so what do we do when I really understand that? If I really believe that, if I really begin to recognize what God is doing, you know what my response is? My response is this. I'm going to throw off everything that hinders me. In other words, I'm going to get rid of some stuff. It's like this. 
I'm carrying some baggage around. Are you with me? I got too much drama in my life. I got too many hangers on in my life. I got too much dead weight in my life. I've got too many people, listen to me, that are pulling me that way when I've determined I'm going to go that way with God. And he said there comes a place when you realize your company on this race where you start saying, it's kind of like this. Have you ever, uh, ever had spring cleaning at your house? Have you ever sold your home and moved to another home? And, and you, start, you got ready to move your stuff? It's like this. I hadn't thought about this till right now. And you know i got to move all this stuff. Okay, And you start looking at it again. And you start saying what? Do we really need this? See, it wasn't a problem while it's just filling up the garage. Are you with me? It's not a problem. Listen, do you know I've been in 40 countries and to my knowledge, America is the only one I've ever been in that had many storage places. We have more junk than most people have considering good stuff. And I don't want to make anybody mad if you love the yard sales and garage sales. But you know what that is, don't you? There's just this big cloud of stuff that just moves around from one yard to the next. You don't want it, so you put it outside. Somebody else buys it, carries it over to their house, and after a few months they go, what are we doing with all this stuff? And then somebody else buys it and carries it around. And then about six months later, you get up on Saturday and say, well, I don't know what to do. I'm going to go over to the garage sale. I'll go to the yard sale. And you go buy your own stuff back again and carry it over to your house again. But every once in a while, come on, you're going to move. And you look at your stuff differently when you're doing what? Moving. See, if you're not going anywhere, stay with me. You can collect a lot of junk. But when you get ready to move, you start looking at your stuff differently. You say, I need to move. And so you look at that box that's just been sitting there. Now that box that you've been sitting there is something I got to carry. And you start saying, we're really going to have a yard sale now. Why? Because that's hindering me. You begin to evaluate it because I'm going to move. When you're moving, you look at things differently. And you're saying, nah, that can stay. I'm going to leave that. Why? Because I'm going somewhere. You know, when you begin to serve God, when you begin to run this race, when you begin to determine, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going. God has something for me. You start looking at things that used to hang around, and you evaluate it and say, I don't need that anymore. I'm not going to carry that around again. That box has moved with me the last time. Come on, some of you moved the same box, four houses. And you don't even know what's in it anymore. Okay, I can say more, but I'm going to stop on that because I could get in trouble. So far, you've been with me. Then, then he says, see, I look at things differently because I'm moving. I'm running. I look at it differently. Then he says, I need to do this. And I mentioned this a moment ago, so I, I, I don't want to just go on and on. But, but I also look at sin. And he said, the reason I need to get rid of this sin, this is interesting. See that word that entangles? So easily entangles. Have you, have you got it up here? It's verse number, still in verse 1. Look at this. The, everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles. That word entangles, interesting. 
It says these witnesses surround us. This word entangle in the Greek means to be surrounded as well. So who do you want to be surrounded by? The great witnesses are the sinful things that keep tripping you up. The picture in the Greek is that a guy's trying to run a race and he's surrounded on every side by things that are trying to trip him while he's doing it. And so, so, uh, yeah, some of you have been tripping, all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> been some people tripping and you need to get off that trip. <laughs> You've been tripping. And that's why you keep coming up in the same place. And so what he says, if I don't get rid of some of this sin, no matter how much I want, listen to me. If I don't get rid of this sin, what is sin? Disobeying the word of God. There's no, there's no secret. I'm not doing what the word says or I'm doing something the word says I should stop. And so, but if I keep on sinning, I'm going to keep being tripped up. I may want to run the race, but I'm going to get tripped by the sin that keeps me from getting there. So if I really want to run the race, I'm going to get rid of some things in my life. How many can say amen? So then he says, look at this. So, so then when I do watch, this is all a process. So once I know who my crowd is, I get rid of this other crowd. I don't need what I used to think I need. And then he says what? And let us run with perseverance. It's going to be some patience. It's not overnight. This is not the hundred yard dash. It's a marathon. Okay. So I'm going to run with some perseverance, but I want you to see this. The race marked out for us. Literally every single person has their own race. There's a race with your name on it. And so here's what I want you to see. I love this about our Christian journey. We are not racing against each other. There is no one else you need to be. Your competition is not your brothers and sisters. We are not running against it. I'm not in your race. You're not in my race. I'm not in your lane. You're not in my lane. There's a race that says George Sawyer. And the only race I need to run is that race. It's marked out for me. You have a race marked out for you. And the way you win is not by beating people. The way you win is by being faithful to God. Just keep running my race. I'm going to run the race marked out for me. There are a lot of people weary from trying to run somebody else's race. There are a lot of people tired because, listen, you only have grace for your race. You don't have grace for her race. You don't have grace for his race. You have grace for your race. And if you'll run that race, and and then he says, fix your eyes on Jesus. See, a lot of people falling down, running out of their lane, getting mixed up because you're watching everybody else run their race. You need to watch what Jesus did. Run your race. Keep your eyes on him. You know, there are a lot of people that get messed up in church because they think they're the race judge. Now, I'm not talking about that kind of race. I'm talking about this kind of race right now. Of course, they do that too. But what I'm saying is, you know, you get all messed up because you need to be running your race. But somehow you start telling everybody else how to run their race. Well, if I was her, well, you're not. Well, if I was her, I wouldn't be running like that. Well, you're not her. And you don't know her race. And you don't know where she was before she got to where she ran past you. Well, I'll tell you one thing. He's not running his race like I'm not, like I'm running mine. Well, thank God, because you're doing a bad enough job in yours. There's a race marked out for me. There's a place where I can please God, regardless of what everybody else does. And every once in a while, somebody says, well, I can't run my race because of them. No, no, no. They're not in your lane. 
You can run your race if everybody around you is falling, tripping, hindering, messing up, doing bad. Just run your race. You don't have to drag them along. You don't have to criticize them. We don't need you to be their coach. Run your race. Run your race. The church is wasting a lot of energy trying to tell everybody how to do something that's none of their business. Thank you for letting me preach. So he says, let's look at this, just a word. How do we do this? Verse 2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. You see that? There you go. How do I run this race? I need to get my eyes on him. You know, there's a saying. I'm trying to see if I can remember this, how how this works. It says, uh, winners talk about winning and losers talk about winners. Winners talk about winning and losers talk about winners. Well, they didn't do and they'd done that. No, no, no. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus. You know, you, have you ever noticed when you're driving your car, have you ever noticed this on the interstate? You've done it. Others do it. You see people. You're driving along, and the car in front of you veers, and you just... You ever notice that? One car veers, and everybody just... You know why? Because you were watching that car. If you fix your eyes on where you're going, they can do this, and you're just going to go. But after a while, you know, you're kind of getting, you're not paying attention. You're just kind of driving. You know, it's so easy. You got the cruise control on. You got everything. Your music's going. You know, you're all comfortable. And, you know, you're half, you know, you're half awake. And that car veers and you just. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Where am I going? What do I see here? I fix my eyes on Jesus. And when I look at him, what do I see? Come on, watch this. We're going to finish. Come on, we're going to finish strong, aren't we? Going to finish well. Why? Because we fixed our eyes on Jesus. Look at this. Who is the what? The author and the perfecter. The King James says the finisher or one of the translations. I like that. He's my finisher. He's the author and the perfecter of my faith. If I keep watching him while I run this race, he got me started and he knows how to get me to the finish line. Are you right? He's the finisher. He's the finisher. There's a lot of people can start, but not everybody knows how to finish. He is the finisher. He's the finisher of this thing. Come on, let's, let's, let's look at the rest of this. And how did he do it? How did he do it? He is the perfecter, the finisher, who for the joy, come on, you got to see this, God, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Jesus said, I'm willing, come on, watch this, I'm willing to endure the cross. I'm willing to run this lap because my eyes are on where I'm going. This, this, I'll, I'll put up with this because I know what's over here on the other side of this. Do you know you were his joy on the other side of the cross? You were his joy. He said, I'll go to their cross. I will die for their sin. I will bleed for their sin. I will take the shame of their sin because before me, I see what they will become because I'm willing to die for them on the cross. Jesus said, he's our example. He's the one our eyes are on who said this momentary challenge is not worth me giving up because my eyes are fixed on where I'm going. And for the joy of what's over there, I'm going to walk through this right now. Do you know what that tells me? I can have joy on the journey. I have joy in the midst of it. When I am tired, when I'm weary, when I'm about to give up, I don't want to get another bunch of people around me. And everybody says, are you tired? I'm tired. Are you thinking about giving up? I'm thinking about giving up too. You know, there, you know, I have said everything else. I'll say this today too. 
There are some people that are going to have to answer to God for talking people out of going to church. You hear what I said? There are going to be people that will answer to God for talking people out of going to church. What do you mean? Well, somebody had, you know, somebody had one bad Sunday. I went to church and nobody shook my hand. I went to church. We, listen, we had people, I'm just going to tell you, we had people during COVID that got upset because nobody knew they weren't here. Nobody was here. Nobody was here. I preached empty seats for 10 weeks. And then I find out somebody's mad. Mad about what? Mad that they didn't know I was there. I didn't know you were in the world. Nobody was here. How do I know? What do you mean I didn't know? I didn't know. It's hard to look at a blank chair and get a word of knowledge. But here's the problem. It's okay to get discouraged. But the problem is the person that discouraged the discouraged person. That's the problem. See, somebody comes to you and said, well, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about getting out of my lane. I'm okay. I don't blame you. I'm tired too. And you know what? The other day, come on, I'm going I'm to help you if you're listening to me because I want you to finish strong. Yeah, you know what? I don't think I'm going back either. Why? Well, I saw someone who goes to that church on Facebook. Don't shout me down. Because I'm at your house right now. Don't shout me down because I'm in your house right now. Or on your phone call. Well, I'm, I'm not going back either. Way. Well, I looked on Facebook and you know what they're doing? Can I tell you what you need to be doing? You need to have your nose in your lane. You need to be running your race. You, you saw somebody do something you didn't like. Why aren't you praying for them? Why, why aren't you interceding for them? Why aren't you asking God to help them? You may not know what they've been running and what they did. Listen, I know people that have been saved in this church. They're such heathens. They don't know what the Bible says. They don't know what's right. Listen, I've had people come to me in this church and their family look like they're going to faint. I've had people come and say, Pastor, this is the only church I've been in and I enjoyed it. You preached one blank of a sermon today. I just want you to know that. Their family's like, my God, he cussed right. And I just shake their hand and say, thank you. I appreciate that you like the sermon today. You know, we got, we, we got some people that, you know, they've been living over here as a heathen. They're one step in the kingdom. We don't need the, the lane judge telling them every little thing and criticizing them. We ought to thank God they've just stepped out of darkness into light. We're going to get them over there. Just give us a minute. In fact, why don't you help us get them over to the other side? See, this is why people quit because they don't want the truth. (laughs) All right, so here we go. Come on, let's keep going. I love this. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What does this phrase, scorning that shame, mean? What does that mean? It literally means this. He made of little impact the shame of dying on the cross. Instead of making it big, he made it little. This is, in other words, I've got to be embarrassed. I've got to die for things that I'm not guilty of. They're going to strip my clothes off me and humiliate me. They're going to spit on me. They're going to rip my back apart with a whip. They're going to call me a liar and put on my cross the king of the Jews to mock me. I'm going to die and my closest ones are going to walk off and leave me. They're going to gamble for my clothes. They're going to laugh in my face. 
They're going to call me demon-possessed. They're going to say I'm a liar. My religious leaders are going to walk by and laugh at me and say, if you're who you say you are, prove it. Get down off that cross. Are you following me right now? And you know what he chose to do? Because he knew he was pleasing the Father, he said, you know what? I'm going to make this of no big deal. I'm going to choose to look at this shame and say, it doesn't get to me because I know where I'm going down this race. And somewhere you and I have to get to a place where when the enemy throws the shame, the guilt, the scorn, and if somebody around me misrepresents me and misunderstands me, I'm going to choose to do what Jesus said. I'm going to make your insult of little consequence in my life because I know where God wants me to go right now. I know what he has in store for me right now. Come on, let's finish this out. I'm just opening this up. All right. For the scorn and, 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 and watch. And what happened? What happened when you do that? And sat down, verse 2, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The father said, job well done. You did it. You finished. You made it happen. Church, I want to tell you something today. God is going to reward your perseverance. God is going to meet you on the journey. God has sent a crowd of witnesses to encourage you along the way. God has released you from having to worry about everybody else's journey. Stay in your lane. Run the race marked out for you. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Determine, I, for the joy set before me, I'm willing to walk through a little hassle today to get to the promise God has for me. For the benefit, the joy, the blessing that's out there, I'm going to keep running. I want to tell you today, put one more foot in front of the other one. Get up one more time. Read your Bible one more time. Thank God one more time. Be encouraged one more time. Put your worship music back on one more time and say, I'm still in the race. I may have gotten knocked down, but I'm still in the race. I may have slipped up, but I'm still in the race. I may have gotten off track, but I'm back on track today. I'm going to run my race because God is not through with me yet. Look at verse 3. It says this, consider him. Who endured such opposition. From whom? From sinful men. Come on, we need to stop getting upset. That people that don't know the Lord don't understand us. We're going to love them. We're going to be kind to them. We're, we're, We're going to show them the mercy and the grace of God. But we're going to stop allowing people that don't know the Lord. Sinful men and women. We're, we're going to stop allowing their opposition to keep us from running a race. To keep us from moving along in the journey. In fact, sometimes you may need to tell somebody who's trying to get in your way. Say, if you want to talk to me, you got to talk while I'm running. <laughs> you got to get in line with me. And if you want to talk to me, this is how we talk. Come on. Come on. You want to talk? I can't hear you back there. I'm not going to stop for you. No, no, I'm running. What do you want me to do? Just come on. In fact, I'm going to go to church today. You want to talk to me? You need to go to church with me today. I'll get you a seat right down there close. And you need to hear the Lord. I'm running. Well, stop. I don't have time to stop. Well, come back here. Don't you love me? Don't you care about me? I love you enough to lead you in the right place. Now, come on. Let's keep going along this thing. Well, if you love me, you'll stop. No, 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 no. We have to get to a place. Where we are saying that I am not going to allow the opposition from people that don't know the Lord to keep me from doing what I'm supposed to do. Because then what happens? Look what he says. Look, look, look at this, verse 3. Consider him, Jesus, who endured the opposition from sinful men. Why? So that you will not 
grow weary and lose heart. Don't grow weary. Look at Galatians 6, 9. Come on, turn there. Be our last verse. That word weary, we know what that word's like. That's why we quit. That's why we stop. That's why we don't finish. But look at Hebrews, I mean Galatians 6 and verse 9. What do we read? Let us not, what? Become weary and what? Doing good. Don't become weary. Don't stop running your race. Doing good. Don't get out of the lane marked out for you. Listen, maybe last week you ran. Maybe this week you're doing this. (laughs) Just keep going. You ever had those days? Quit worrying about how fast you used to run. Listen, in the physical, I'm not as young as I used to be. It's just a fact. I can almost do everything I used to could do. I just can't do it for as long. (laughs) So you got to watch that. Here's what I learned about my father. Watch out for that old man's strength. Think about my dad. If he hits you on the first punch, you're probably done. Okay. But if you dodge that one, you, you may be able to, you understand, he may not have another one in him, but don't let him hit you on the first one. You, you follow what I'm saying? Don't forget that old man's dream. Right. So here's what happened. I've been running. Now today, you know, I'm just doing this. <laughs> you ever had a day like that? Tell the truth. You're just like this. Some days you're doing this. Anybody ever had that day? But guess what? I'm in my lane. I'm in my lane. I'm not going there. I'm in my lane. I'm in my lane. You look crazy. Yeah, well, it's I'm in my lane. What do you think you're doing? I'm in my lane. How are you going to get there? I'm further, further than I was yesterday. I'm not where I started. I'm not there. I may crawl today and I may run tomorrow. I may barely make it today, but I'll get where I need to be. Anybody with me this? So, so, so let's read it. Look at this. Look at Galatians 6, 9. Therefore, he says, he come, let us not become weary in doing good. So you can become weary in doing bad. Don't wear yourself out doing the wrong thing. Stay in your lane. Run your race. Worship team, come on up here with me. Come on and join me. Look at this. Did not become weary in doing good. Are you ready? For when? At the proper time. What does it say? Yeah. At proper time. One translation says, listen to me, in your due season. Okay. What happens? We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. This is how it works. This is my lane. In my lane, someone say my lane. In my lane, God has deposited blessings for me, harvest for me. Are you with me? This is why we don't give up. So so he says, see, in my due season, watch this. If I'm walking, I'm moving to my due season. I'm going to what's on deposit for me. If I stop. I have no idea everything God put in my life. I'll never know every harvest that's out there. I'll never know every promise that's going to be fulfilled. And so if you got a slow day, just walk. You got a hard day, just keep walking. Just keep moving. Because what happens? If I don't give up in my due season, I'm going to walk into that day and say, Oh, it's been worth the walk. It's been worth the journey. It's been worth it. Thank you, God. You met me on the path. And so I believe. That God's going, I've got several things I want to show you in this. I'm just kind of, I'm just giving you the, the foundation today. Here's what I want you to see. I want you to begin to look at the rest of this year and say, number one, I'm going to finish well. 
Number one, I'm going to stay on the journey because God has deposited things for me. I believe in the month of December. How many of this is what I'm talking about? God's got some deposit for you. He has, a, he has some encounters for you. He has some places for you. Stop worrying about how you ran two years ago. Stop comparing yourself to another season. Stop watching the other runners alongside you and just run your race. I, I had to do that as a young pastor. How many understand that? You know, I remember when I first started preaching, we're in that little storefront. I'm going to close with this. And we got this little storefront and a handful of wonderful, faithful people. And I'm doing my best. And I'm, I'm 26 years old. And, and, I'm, and I'm out here. And, and, and I go home and I, I watch Christian television. And everybody else is encouraged and I'm discouraged. Because I'm looking at those guys and I'm doing, my God. Why would they come back next Sunday if they could watch him? They're not going to come hear me preach. How do I compare to that? You know, I, I, I got nothing, you know, and, and, and you know what I was doing? I was looking at everybody else's lane. I was looking over here. I was looking over there. And then, you know, you don't, you don't have your church on television unless it's pretty big. You know what I'm saying? Pretty full. A lot of money. I remember we went to this first big pastor's meeting. We went to a church that just built their new church. And that was back in the day of the big choirs. How many, how many, I still love choirs. I'm going to tell you, I'm, uh, I, I love choirs. Okay. You don't. That's fine. Stay in your lane. I'll stay in mine. I got choirs in my lane, and so uh, I went. I went to that. I went to that church. Big, beautiful, big hundred voice choir walks out. These choir robes singing. Everybody's encouraged. I'm sitting there going, "Dear God," I felt like a lawnmower and a Cadillac dealership. I said, "What am I doing? What am I doing?" And I was wrestling with that because I was looking at everybody else's lane, not my lane. One day in prayer, I finally heard the Lord, probably been talking to me for a long time. And he said, George Sawyer, what did I call you to do? I said, Lord, I know this. Call me to Decatur, Alabama, start a church. He said, well, why don't you just do that? And, and then he said this, and this stunned me. He said, you need to understand, if this is what I called you to do, no one can do this better than you can. And I said, well, God, there's a lot of people that can do this better than me. He said, not that, because that's not their call. That's your call. He said, run your race. Be faithful. Do what you can. Give me your best. That's all I ever ask of you. And I said, well, I can do that. And I began to move out of that. I nearly sabotaged myself trying to run in other people's lanes, comparing myself to other people. And God had to take me out to the woodshed and say, you need to listen to me. I want you to stand with me today. I want you, come on, stand. That's not, that's not a code for leave. Just stand, okay? Let's stand. Let's stand. God wants to help us today. How many want God to encourage us today? How many believe that God may be saying to you, quit looking at somebody else's lane? Quit comparing yourself. Listen, I, so I'm, I'm hearing several things from the Holy Spirit. Listen to me closely that I hadn't, I hadn't predetermined. This is a word for some people. I just heard the Holy Spirit there say there's some single people here. Listen to me. There's some single adults in this room right now. And you've been looking at people around you saying, well, well, I'm not married and they are. Where's my person? How come I'm not married? Why hasn't that happened in my life? Listen to me, single adult. God has somebody for you in your lane. Stop looking at other people's lane. Stop comparing your journey to their journey. Can I tell you something? You don't want a person that's not in your lane. 
You, you, you don't want a person that's out there. But can I tell you something? See what happened? Well, quit comparing. Why not thee? Why not me? Why them? Why not me? So run your brakes. That's worked out for you. I hear the Holy Spirit saying this. There's some people, you've been very faithful in your workplace. Listen to me. In the marketplace, in your job, where you work, in your profession, you've been faithful. This is straight from the Lord. And some people around you have been promoted, and you know you should have been promoted. You listen to me. God has a promotion for you in your lane that is better than the one in somebody else's lane. Listen to me. you got to get this. you got to get this. The devil can't steal what God has given to you. Nobody stole your promotion. God has a better promotion for you. Are you listening to me? Someone today, oh man, someone, someone say, well, why is that person healed? And I've not been healed. Stay in your lane. God has your healing. God has your promotion. God has your breakthrough. Be faithful. Be faithful. Come on, how many would say, Pastor, God's not through with me yet. I'm going to run my race. I'm going to be in my lane. I'm going to have what God has for me. I'm not going to be weary and doing good. I'm going to stay on this thing in due season at the right moment. My harvest is coming to me. Amen. Come on. That's what God said. That's God's word, not just here and there. It's exactly for you right now. For you right now, you can take this today and say, God spoke to me today. Thank you for listening today. We hope you found this message uplifting and encouraging. If you're looking to connect in person, we gather every Sunday at 10 a.m. You can also find us online at calvaryassembly.org. And don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for more content, updates, and to stay connected with our community.